Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Drag up that diesel. What is good? This is the Pigpen Podcast. I'm your host, Denton Day, at the Denton Day on the Twitter machine. The 2021 schedule has been released for our Washington football team. We're going to dive into it, go over the good, the bad, and the ugly from the 2021 schedule. Some house cleaning stuff to start. One thing we're not going to do, we are not about to go game by game. Oh, I think this one's going to be a win. I think this one's going to be a loss. We're not doing that. I, I just, I'm not diving deep into that well. I think it's way too early to even start doing that. We have no idea really what our team is going to look like from an offensive standpoint by the start of the season. We don't really know who's going to be playing quarterback on certain weeks. And we damn sure don't know what other teams are going to look like at the start of the season. I've always found it to be rather goofy. Uh, to do that as early as we are, especially in the month of May. I mean, even the way that people dive into this schedule release, I I get some of the hype surrounding it because uh, our country is so desperate and we love football to the extent that we do. But I think we care a little bit too much about the schedule release as it is. And I think the NFL just likes to have this big extravagant schedule release situation uh, just so it can flex on other leagues, particularly the NBA, and say that they are still the king of ratings. With that in mind, before we get into the good, the bad, and the ugly, it's worth noting. We have three primetime games this season for the Washington football team with a potential of four. We really want that fourth game. We start with a Tuesday night game, or Thursday night game, excuse me, a Thursday night game against the Giants in week two. I hate that one. More on that to come. Monday night against Seattle in week 12, and Sunday night versus Dallas in week 16. Those are the three confirmed, barring a flex in week 16, but those are the three confirmed primetime games for our franchise. The possible fourth one comes a week before Sunday night against Dallas in week 15 with the potential of playing on Saturday against the Philadelphia Eagles. We want that fourth primetime game. If we get that fourth primetime game, it means that our season is going very, very well. Here's the thing. I don't think Philadelphia is going to be that good. 
I don't think Philadelphia is in a position where they're going to be chasing a playoff spot because I am not 100% sold on Jalen Hurts. I'm not 100% sold on our quarterback situation either, but I do think that we have a much better chance of making it into the playoffs and being good around the week 15 time than Philadelphia does. Which means if we are playing on primetime, that probably means we're having a really good season because as great of a rivalry as Washington versus Philadelphia is, it doesn't necessarily transcend the masses as it, as it, um, as it relates to football fans across this country to the point where it should be on primetime if the teams are bad. So one of the teams has to be good and fighting for playoff position for that game to be in contention to be on primetime, and of the two, I think we have a better chance, so we want that fourth primetime game. Now, house cleaning stuff out of the way, let's get into the good, double good here, the bad and the ugly of the 2021 Washington football team season. We're going to start with two goods, really the first one is more of a great But look, the great, the good, the bad, and the ugly does not flow as well as the good, bad, and ugly. Uh, So we're just going to be two goods here. But the best of the two goods is the Week 9 buy. Love it. Absolutely love it. It's right at the halfway point of the season. I hate early buys, and we have kind of been on the short end of the stick when it comes to buy weeks in recent years. We've gotten some early ones, and the early buy really forces your team to go on a very, very tough road to close the season with the potential of playing 10, 11, sometimes even 12 consecutive games. And in our case, our schedule is kind of weird at the back end of it. So the fact that we have the week nine by right in the middle of the season, I think is absolutely exceptional. It's the first year with the 17-game season, and it's going to be weird. I think it's going to take a little bit of getting used to. And uh, again, we kind of got shafted by the 17 games uh, on the back end of our schedule. So I think having that Week 9 bye is exceptionally crucial. I don't know what exactly our team is going to look like at that point in time in terms of injuries, in terms of who's overperforming, who's underperforming. But I can guarantee that when that bye week comes in week nine, it is going to be very, very helpful for the remainder of the season. So I absolutely love that we have the bye in week nine. The second good, I told you we're not going to sit here and go game by game and predict winners and losers. And we're not. But as we look at the first eight games of this season, it is very realistic that we enter our bye week above 500. Sitting at five and three, maybe if things go extra good, sitting at six and two. The two tough games that are going to jump off of the page, you got Buffalo, who was technically the 17th game, and you got Kansas City. Those are tough. Those two quarterbacks are just out of this world, and they were two of the three that contended for the most valuable player award. Those are going to be tough. Everybody else in that first eight games, though, I'm not exactly shaking in my boots. You got the Chargers, the Giants, the Falcons, the Saints, the Broncos, the Packers. The only one of those that even remotely scares me is the Green Bay Packers, but at this point in time, we have no idea if Aaron Rodgers is going to play. 
And I'm a lot more afraid of Aaron Rodgers than I am of this Jordan Love kid who we have not seen play football at the NFL level. Now, maybe you could argue there's a potential that Aaron Rodgers will be on our schedule. He'll just be wearing different colors and he'll be wearing the Denver Broncos blue and orange. That's a possibility. Again, I have no idea. That's why we're not going through game by game and predicting and giving score predictions and all that other nonsense. But right now, we don't even know if Aaron Rodgers is going to play. And even if we do, we have had a weird amount of success against Aaron Rodgers in the regular season. Like, more than you would expect. Maybe I'm just loving and living in that Sunday night showdown between him and Kirk Cousins from a few years ago. Maybe I'm putting way too much stock into that. But we've had success against Aaron Rodgers in the regular season, a lot more so than we have in the postseason, that is. So that one doesn't necessarily scare me. And even with Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay, I do think, has some flaws. There is a revenge game in that group of games, and that's the week one game against the Los Angeles Chargers. There's not really any bad blood between our organization and their organization, at least not that I know of, but this is a revenge game for Chase Young. Because the Chargers, with their first pick in the first round, they drafted Rashawn Slater. And one thing that it felt like everybody in the world of media who was leading up to and covering the NFL draft One thing it felt like they had to mention, like gun to the head by a producer, you have to mention this when you talk about Rashawn Slater, is how well he performed against Chase Young when both guys were in college. That was like that dude's entire resume. He checked some physical boxes, yes, but whoa, did you see him play against Chase Young in college? It got to the point where it was like frustratingly annoying. And we are not going to sit here and pretend like the athletes don't hear these things. Like Chase Young hears this. We spent way too many years saying, oh, the the athletes, they don't pay attention to the media. They're not listening. They're not hearing things. They're not reading things. It's a bold-faced lie. While Chase Young, I'm sure, was not diving into the rabbit hole of of all of this draft coverage, I'm sure he didn't need to, he 100% heard that Rashawn Slater got the better of him when they were in college, and that's the reason that he was the second-best tackle in this NFL draft, which means I'm expecting Chase Young, even if he's not matched up against Rashawn Slater, although I'm sure he will be at some point in that game, but I'm expecting Chase Young to dominate. Point-blank period, I'm expecting a huge game from Chase Young, and really, a huge game from everybody on the defensive line. I think they're going to eat the Chargers up. Because they're pissed off. And that's as simple as it is. Rashawn Slater played great against Chase Young when they played at Ohio State and Northwestern, respectively. That's not how it is anymore. Chase Young is not only just a pro, he's a damn good one. He's gotten a lot better, and he has more experience in the NFL. It'll be Rashawn Slater's first game in the NFL, and I expect Chase Young to absolutely eat him alive. Now to the bad. And we teased this already as we did sort of the house cleaning, the housekeeping stuff. I hate the Thursday night football game in week two. And full disclosure, I hate Thursday night football before Thanksgiving, period. If they went back to how they used to do it where you played the Thanksgiving game and then we sort of did the Thursday night thing for the the weeks after, I'm cool with that. I think that's the way to handle Thursday night football. But the NFL is a business 
The NFL wants the money. They want the ratings. They just sold Thursday Night Football to Amazon. They need that check. So you have to do it early. And I hate the fact that it's in week two. Absolutely hate it. We start our season against the Chargers. They're going to be a tough team. They have a nice young quarterback. And then we get minimal rest. And boom, we're playing a division game against the Giants on Thursday Night Football. I hate it. Absolutely hate it. I'm frustrated with it. I like the only the only thing I like about the Thursday night football game in week two is that we get Thursday night out of the way. But I hate having that game as early as it is going to be. I just don't think Thursday night football uh, should be incorporated that early into the NFL season. And historically, we have not performed well on Thursday night football. So that is without question the bad of this schedule. And the ugly is this, and this is how our team got shafted by the 17-game season, because you never saw anything like this when it was 16 games. Never happened the first year with 17 games, we are on the short end of the stick, and our season ends with not one, not two, not three, not four, I feel like LeBron James in the Miami Heat uniform, but we get five consecutive, five consecutive divisional games to close our season. I don't think the Eagles are going to be very good this year. I don't think the Giants are going to be very good this year, but we are not going to sit here and pretend like those games are going to be easy. We understand the depth in these rivalries. We understand that in divisional games, there is just another level of oomph that comes into the way you prepare and the way it goes down on the field. I hate the fact that we have five consecutive divisional games to close the season. It's ridiculous. The NFL completely dropped the ball on that portion of the scheduling. How something like this was even allowed to pass makes zero sense to me, but it is what it is, and we have five consecutive divisional games to close the season. Thankfully, there's no back-to-backs against the same team, but we do have the Dallas-Philly-Dallas-Philly quadruple. I don't think quadruple is the right word to use there, but you understand that that means four. It's stupid. It's absolutely abysmal. I understand we won the division last year, so we're supposed to have the hardest schedule of everybody in the division, but it doesn't make any sense as to why you would throw five straight divisional games to close the season out for any team in the NFL. If anything, four should be the max, but even that seems extreme. Anything more than three consecutive divisional games in a season, let alone to close a damn season, is too much, and they gave us five. So a big middle finger to Roger Goodell, a big middle finger to whoever is in charge of this scheduling. We get the short end of the stick in the first year of these 17 games because I know with 100% certainty we would not have five consecutive divisional games if we were playing a normal 16-game season. How do I know that? Because it's never happened before. So we get the we get thrown this big L. We are the guinea pig. We are the hamster saying, hmm, try this out. Let's see if it works. So thank you, Roger Goodell, you prick. And that wraps it up. Quick hits, the good, the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
for the 2021 season. If I missed anything, hit me up on Twitter at the Denton Day. I'll be back soon this offseason. I'm out. Peace.